Hello everyone, welcome back to the show, it's Newton's Nuggets, it's our show, it's mine, it's Jesse's, we mess about, we talk about stuff, we interview people, we have fun, we mess about, and a lot of times, we're tired. Yes. That's pretty much the whole show, right? Yeah. We're tired, but we interview interesting people, so... Yeah. There you go. What do we do this week? What, generally, or you mean the show? Well, I didn't mean generally, but we should do the show, really. Yeah, let's do the show first. Let's do the show. Okay, so this week's interview was with... This week's interview was with the lovely Charlotte Ball. Well done. You said that better than I could. (laughs) (laughs) Good job you don't speak for a living. I think I've been doing too much of it lately, Jesse. <laughs> it's fine. It's not like you've got any big shows coming up. Nothing important coming up in the next seven days at all. Anyway. Okay, moving on quickly before I think about it. Yeah. So, Charlotte Ball. She's awesome. She's lovely. She's on an absolute rampage trying to make things better for people in their mental health. Yes. Now, this is something we agree with a lot. Yeah. I'm going to touch on this very quickly. If you saw a post that Jesse put out, you will understand why. Yes. Okay, we are both massive advocates for you can have times when you feel like utter yes, rubbish. And then there's times that you feel absolutely awesome. Okay, um, thankfully, if you've got the right people around you, you can get through both yeah. without being a dick. <laughs> yes. Done. <laughs> so, we love what Charlotte talked about. We, we really do. And actually, I'm going to go too much into this. Should we just go Does straight James into the, the interview? Yes. Ladies and gents, here's the awesome Charlotte Ball. Hello everyone, right, I've warned you in the intro already, I've met this young lady once before and she impressed me so much when I met her that I just thought I've got to get this lady on the show so we can have a chat about all things, no, no I'm not going to tell you what she's going to chat about, that's too easy, I'm not going to, I'm going to let her do that, so Charlotte, can you just say hello to everyone for me? Hi everyone, um, do you want me to introduce myself? Well, you can, but you go for it. You take over, you do what you want, and then I'll ask questions when I think it's right. Okay, fair. Um, Yeah, like like you've just said, I am Charlotte. I'm an emotional intelligence practitioner, um, and I have a vision to essentially help people understand what it means to be a human being, um, especially young people. So I am only 26 um so people my age and younger who are growing up in this world that is full of technology and instant gratification um i am fully aiming at that sort of thing um my journey has been very interesting um i've battled through adversity through my mental health and chronic illness physically um and got out another side of it essentially been in the dark got out to the other side and i don't want to keep that all to myself so I want to share as many tools as I can with as many people as I can to help people. I was going to say be like me, but <laughs> you have to be like me, but thrive in life. Yeah, and it's it's that's a good point, actually. We don't want carbon copies of us everywhere. No. But on my word, I look at some people and I wish they could have as much joy as I have. Because yeah. I... I seem to be creating a living out of doing things I really enjoy doing. Which, why can't other people do that? Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect in any way, shape or form. And I, I don't think I ever will be. But if we could just teach a load of these kids to have fun and enjoy being themselves and enjoy being different or, or individual. and uh, Right. Great start. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you an awkward question. Why should people listen to us to having a chat for half an hour? Do you know what? I think the main reason is because we're two very, very different people, but very, very interestingly similar in personality and in story. It's very interesting. And I think this, I've connected with so many people in the last couple of months and the amount of people that are so different to me, like you see us two in the street, you'd be like, <laughs> they don't work yeah. together like what they, they do they should not be stood together and yeah, chatting and exactly. enjoying the conversation that much yeah completely agree um right so for everyone that's just listening to the audio of this i mean if people watch it on youtube you can see i'm a big old scary bald-headed man and and charlotte is a lovely young lady who the conversation we had charlotte it was weird because we met when i was delivering a talk at an event and we just kind of 
bounced around and just had a massive conversation in about two or three minutes. We covered so many things. And then I was like, I really want you to come on my show. And you're like, you've got a show? What the hell? And and I described it and you went, yeah, if that helps people, then yeah. So that's what we're here for today. We are Between me and Charlotte, we're going to try and help you. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about mental fitness. We're going to talk about emotional intelligence. We're going to talk about you being you and you're allowed to be you. And I don't care what that is. I only care about if you enjoy being you. How's that? Sounds great to me. Right. You did touch on some things in your little intro about you've gone through your own mental health issues and illness issues. I don't want to put you on the spot and say to you, you have to tell us all about it, okay? Because that's just not fair. What I do, however, want to say to you is, why do you want to help other people? I think the main thing is I don't want anyone to ever feel how I felt. And I think that's, that. I mean, that's the absolute pivotal main thing, right? But essentially, I know people are going to be feeling and have felt how I have felt. So I know I'm not the only one. And as much as I felt alone at the time where I felt my lowest, I now know how that feels and I can make someone else feel less alone. And that is the ultimate reason why. It's weird, isn't it? Because um, I, I, I happily told you that I had very dark moments when I, when I thought everything was gone, everything was down. And I can remember thinking... I'm meant to be the provider for my family and I can't even provide for myself at the time. And I, I felt, oh, how can I describe it? It felt like I was in a whirlpool and just getting kind of sucked down. And I stopped seeing the good and the nice and the things that I've always loved. And for a dad, it was horrendous because I want to teach my little girl to have the best of this world and to be the best that she can. And in that, well, I'm going to put a caveat here that I do not care what job my daughter goes for. I don't care what she does in the future. What I care more about is that she's happy. And I find it weird that hardly anyone else talks about just being happy. Um, and yeah, those dark times. If, honestly, Charlotte, if I didn't have certain people around me in my life, I don't know if this podcast would be here. I don't know if my book would be here. I don't think I'd be out delivering talks. But then I've started this with saying to you, I'm doing things I love and making a living from it. How grumpy could I be if I wasn't doing this stuff? It's so yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's um, a big thing for me as well. A lot of people, especially with my age, they go, right, you need to, and I've, I've been in the corporate job for like the last four years. You need to get, you need to get into corporate. You need to get into a full-time job. There's a lot of pressure. You need to find someone, get married, settle down. You've got a biological clock. You've got this, you've got that. You need to do all these things. And the pressure of that wasn't even the most thing that got to me. It was essentially something else, but what has made me do this now? And a lot of people say this like, oh, like, don't you want to, climb the corporate ladder don't you want to be in a job for more than like a year um and honestly I have time right now and that's what a lot yeah. of people don't realize is that I've the the most valuable currency that anyone has is their time and I fully believe that and I fully respect anyone that chooses to spend time with me because that's a valuable amount of currency for them um and I 100% appreciate like even you spending time with me today this is your time and you've taken this time to spend some time with me and I love that so for me to be able to give my time and not sell it to a corporate company, but sell it to people who will benefit from it, that's that's where I'm at. Like, it's not about the money right now. Like, yes, that would be lovely. <laughs> but it's not about that. It's seeing people in the position that I've been in and being able to help them so that they can go and do the things that they want to do with life, whether they do want to get into the, a corporate nine to five job. And there's nothing wrong with that as well. And I think this is something that lately social media has been plugging that the nine to five is not the right way to go and that you need to go traveling and that you need to go and be self-employed. Being self-employed is really, 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 really difficult. It's so hard. <laughs> and so many people go into it thinking it's going to be 
something that you know you're gonna get you're gonna benefit from this or you're gonna benefit from that you could it's such a risk being in a nine to five it's okay and you're able to do things outside of that and it's just being able to live more as a human and build better relationships with people not be so cynical and not consume things that are going to make you in that headspace that will help you move forward and I just yeah just want to drill that into people <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's a weird one because you're right you and i and and i'm glad you pointed this out because you and i can sit here and go self-employed is amazing we enjoy it it's what we want to do this is kind of the point we're not all the same yeah. so i've got friends who absolutely adore the nine to five lifestyle and the sitting behind a desk and working on a computer for those eight hours a day i couldn't do that at all Okay, but for them, that's perfect and it makes them happy. So, again, I'm coming back to the happy word. That's what I really care about for everyone that's listening to this, for everyone that's watching this. I care more about you being happy than for you to think you have to follow a structure or you shouldn't follow a structure because we are all so different. Now, you and I, we talked about emotional intelligence before, and I think that's a really, really scary subject if used incorrectly okay because i've i've worked for companies that do psychometrics and do different assessments of people and help people within businesses and it always amazed me how i'd go in and do assessments with people and you'd get scores on on written reports now that scores on that written report should always be seen as the way to open a conversation but what used to bother me is you'd get some managers who go, so which one's right and which one's wrong? None of them. Okay. You, it's not, you cannot go, this is an A-star employee because they're high on this part of an emotional intelligence. It gives you a quick graph of how to understand a person. So whenever I hear people start talking about emotional intelligence, it bothers me because I swear to you, 99% of the people in this country are getting it wrong. Right. So I know that you happily talk about tools that you use and skills to help people get through life on a daily basis. How do you do that? How do you even start with that when we've got this amazing, massive, rainbow, colourful, different types of people out there? I think the biggest sentence that people hear me say all the time is, this really worked for me, but it might not work for you. <laughs> And like, it's not to put anyone off. It's just for people to realize that just give it a go. Like, give it a try. What have you got to lose? And especially in the chronic illness space, there's a big um, push on people saying, oh, we don't want unsolicited advice from people. Like, stop telling me to try yoga. Stop telling me to try this. Stop telling me to try that. Um, and I get it because I was one of those people. Um, I was one of these people that was like, stop giving me advice. I don't want advice. I want support. Um, but it was because I wasn't ready or willing to open my mind up to that being a possibility of a tool that could help me or seeing it as a tool in a group of tools rather than people think that's going to heal me. And that's the problem is that you go into trying out these different ways in your self-development whether you have a chronic illness or not this is overall um you try these lots of different things um whether that's journaling or might be yoga or meditation or something along those sort of lines and talking to a friend every day lots of different tools that you could have but each of them are tools and you wouldn't have a toolbox with one tool in it you would have a toolbox with multiple tools for multiple different things and i think that's the point is what you need to keep up, let's say, um, keep as an analogy of a tools in a toolbox, um, you have a wall and it's weathering, you're going to constantly need to kind of like be keeping that in check, that wall, otherwise it will break down. Um, so if that with that toolbox, you're gonna have the tools that you need to fix that wall when it needs fixing. And I hate the word fixing when it comes to mental health because I don't think we need to fix anything. I think we just need to work on managing it and keeping it up to a good level sorry nobody it's one of those if you're watching this you'll see that this door keeps opening it's because i have a cat and she keeps running in and out 
We'll talk about the cat. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I want to meet the cat. Okay, you shouldn't have told me that. That's just going to distract me something rotten now. Right. <laughs> Your toolbox is a great analogy because nobody ever, nobody ever buys the drill because they want a drill. That, that's just not true. They they will buy the drill and the drill pieces because they want a hole in the wall. They don't actually want a hole in the wall. They want to be able to put a rule plug in there. They don't really want a rule plug in there. They want to be able to put a screw or a hook in there. They don't really want a screw or a hook in there, but they want to be able to hang the picture on something. Yeah. You, you've got to understand your toolbox analogy is perfect because I have toolboxes at home. I probably use only about four of the tools in it because they're the right ones for me and the stuff I'm doing. I'll be blatantly honest with some of the things I try to do. I should probably get a man or a woman that's better at those things than me to do them. It, my wife will happily agree to that and just say, <laughs> stop it. But you're right. The toolbox thing is lovely. And something you just hit on, which I think is very important, is a lot of the times... If I was in my darkest moment when I really felt like absolute rubbish and for for the people who've listened to the show, they know that I hate those times. And that was just over three years ago now. Um, but I had decided that I was pointless. If I couldn't do the things that I was good at doing and there was no world for me to do those in, I decided that I was pointless. And when you get to that kind of point and you're, you're making weird decisions that nobody would have asked me for advice on the decisions I was trying to make at that time, okay? You look around, and if somebody turned around to me and went, do yoga, yoga would be amazing for you right now. I would have told them where to go, okay? Sometimes you are just not ready for the advice, even yeah. if it's the right advice. The weird one for me is there's, there's three things that help me a lot. Um, one is going crabbing. Nobody expects that when they look at me. Another one is playing my ukulele. Not many people expect that when they look at me. And the third one, which I've only just started trying, is metal detecting. Because I lose myself on my own for hours doing something that's really just weird and I'm interested in. And nobody puts that hobby towards someone like me. The man that everyone goes, he jumps on stage and he entertains people. It... He was so like, it's a metal detector. <laughs> yeah. Here's a metal detector. This will help you. Good luck. You're off you. Can you imagine how many people are not? It's okay to not be ready for the advice yet. Yeah. And I honestly think that if a lot of those people, if I had realized that three and a bit years ago, it might have helped me relax. Yeah. Yeah. So where if do we I start? If it's phrased that way as well it's almost phrased in a way of like these are the things that are going to help you if you don't try them then they're not going to work for you like that that make and that makes sense you say it it makes sense but to hear it when you're in that stage you're like i just can't i just can't yeah. do it and you have this real it's almost like they say the runner's wall when you hit that wall and you can't keep going it's like that and you know what you should be doing and this I hear this from people all the time and it's it's frustrating for me to hear it's frustrating for people to say but I know what to do I just can't do it it's something that people say to me a lot of the time and to get around that I am always telling people just to break it down into something that they want to do something tiny that will make them like feel a little bit better and they're like, oh I know I need to go to the gym in the morning I'm like right okay so break it down to what you actually want to do out of that and then and then start with that. It can be something really, really small. And most of the time I tell people like, maybe just get up a little bit earlier and make yourself a cup of tea. You don't have to go to the gym, just get up at that time that you would go to the gym and do something. And then yeah. you're preparing yourself for that moment where you might actually wake up one day and go, oh, do you know what? I might try it. But unless you start setting yourself up, to try doing those things that everyone suggests that seem to work for a lot of people then you're not you're not really gonna get any further than being stuck there because it looks like such a mammoth task and to be honest with you at that point it is that these things are easy to say and less easy to do especially when you are so deep in it and yeah sometimes you're just not ready and that's all right as well like 
it's okay to just kind of feel it. And if that's what you need to do, just know that other people are feeling the same as you. And there are people that have felt the way that you have felt and have been able to get out of it. There is another side. It's just that maybe this is the wave that you're riding right now. And it's, and it's, I think it's hard, especially for people like me who I just, I want to drag everyone out of it, right? Like that's how I feel deep down. I'm like, oh gosh, I know where you could be. I know your potential. Let's get you out there. And you have to be so patient. So to anyone supporting someone, and I think this isn't spoken about enough, is the people that support people that are struggling with their mental health, struggling with things like addiction, um, understanding how to support people in that space is something that we just don't know enough about. And the main thing that I would probably say from from my story and my past, like I definitely put my mum through the works <laughs> for sure. And I only realized recently when I was helping to support someone else with their mental health that I was like, wow, I know now why she reacted the way she reacted sometimes because we just don't know what to do. But ultimately you cannot change someone. You cannot control what they do about the way they're feeling. Only they can do that. And it's frustrating to try and drag someone out when they're not ready. Yeah. And it's, there's a, there's a lovely and horrible cartoon that does around every so often where someone is blatantly in the middle of depression and somebody comes over to them and says, look, are you okay? Can I help? No. You want me to do anything? No. Um, How about if we try? No. What about if I build you a blanket for, and you see the person go, I'm sorry, what? What about if I just make this this little fort for you out of duvets and comfy things and you can stay exactly where you are right now, but know that I'm ready to be here when you do want to come out? And and the person kind of goes, yeah. And build a little blanket fort and a duvet fort and they make them all comfy and snuggly. And then the, the, the person who's trying to care goes, do you want me to join you? And, you know, we can just be here together and not say anything. And, and remembering what I went through, the only way I can describe it is it felt like there was a weird fog around my emotions. And I stopped giving a monkeys about those emotions. Mm. Now, right, so that was during lockdown and and I watched the businesses disappear. And I can remember the the garden just started growing and taking over and I'd love all the time in the world, but I just couldn't be bothered with fixing it or cutting the lawn or putting a hedge back or, you know, doing the things that were nice and that were pretty. And it was so funny because my daughter was still awesome. My wife was lovely. Jessie was amazing. Um, friends, you know, if we if we did the social get-togethers on Zoom, me and my wife would look like everything's together. We're fine. You know, we're going to be okay. And you'd hide it from people. And then I can remember the thing that weirdly turned it is I made some tables out of pallets for the back garden. And it, and then it was just two tables. They were just, you know, normal height tables and they were made out of old pallets and, and I took a photo of it and put it on Facebook. And that day I get a call from Jesse saying, are you ready? And it's like, ready for what? And he's like, people still need your help, mate. Just checking if you're ready or not. And that I know that moment of putting that picture on Facebook of me doing something constructive for me and my family. I know that was the turning point for me. Um, and thankfully, I've never felt that way again. Now, does that mean I never will? Then I. Does it mean I've beaten it forever? Got no idea. But the fact is, I do know that one thing that Paul needs is to feel constructive. Um, but yeah, to those people who are listening to this and know what I went through, thank you for all your help. It was amazing. So, Charlotte, if I said to you, I'm going to put your perfect audience in front of you and I'm going to find the people that need your help the most, what's the audience look like? You can't pinpoint it because they don't look like a specific person. 
And I think that's yeah. something that I've really struggled with, especially building what I'm building now from a from a business perspective is everyone goes, oh, find your audience, find your niche. And I'm like, whoa, but I know it's not just the people that are my age, the people that are using social media all the time. I know it's not just the people that are chronically ill. I know it's not just these people. There are so many more people that I wouldn't reach that probably would really, really need it. So I don't think you could fill an audience with people from a perspective of like, oh, what do they look like? Um, <laughs> I think it would need to just be anyone who feels a bit stuck. And that can be anyone. And it can be whether yeah. you feel a bit stuck with work or you feel a bit stuck with family, relationships, just getting up in the morning, anything like that. Um, just being stuck with being human because it's so confusing, <laughs> like lately, it's so confusing. The definition of a human being is no longer this like Neanderthal in a tribe, like hunter-gatherer, that's just, that's just not it anymore. And there's a lot of different messaging about what we should or shouldn't be doing with our lives now. And um, yeah, so if you ask me to build an audience, I don't know what it would look like, but I just know that those people would be in the right place if they felt stuck. It is funny, isn't it? Because we've, as a species, we've changed so much in the last few hundred years, in the last couple of generations. It's just ridiculous. There is a part of me that thinks maybe we'd have it easier if we did just care about the hunter-gatherer thing because yeah. everyone knew their focus then. Whereas now we have so many possibilities. I'm sure part of this is down to, like you said, people don't know how to human. Yeah, and a big part of that is that our brains haven't developed. We've not evolved as quickly as our environment has. So mm. with what I'm doing, there's a lot of like looking at studies, looking at neuroscience. Like I haven't got a degree in neuroscience and psychology as much as that is something that I could maybe do in the future. However, it's a massive interest for me. And I am, because of how skeptical I used to be, I'm all about the evidence. Like, why does this work? What's going on in my brain if I do this? How does this affect me? Um, and to be honest with you, I've used myself as like a little lab rat and I'm like, where's like, my brain is doing this? Why is it doing that? What can I do to make it change how it's doing that? And that's how I've kind of approached my whole self-development journey is like one big experiment um, that's effectively taught me so much. So I wouldn't go back on that. But to be honest with you, I think the main thing that I've learned is that our fight or flight is way more overreactive because of our information processing that we're currently having to do. And that's not just social media. As much as I talk about social media, it's not just social media, it's work as well. I've worked in software for the last few years and I'm telling you now, like how instant people want things from a business perspective has changed as well. From yeah. when I was working in this kind of area pre-pandemic where we were like, okay, yeah, no, we've got like an approximate two, three week lead time on that. Customers would be like, yeah, that's fine. We'll leave the developers to do their developing. And then by the end of where I was working, it was, okay, well, we need that fixed and we need it fixed by this afternoon latest. And it's like 12. Yeah. And these things that, whoa, hang on a second. We used to have a team working on that and it used to take two yeah. weeks. Now it's down to one individual to fix that problem within a week, most a day least. So I think that where everything is supposed to be so quick in every single aspect of our life to the point where I know I need to order my contact lenses and I know they'll come tomorrow so I can order them a little bit later. That's crazy. I knew four days ago I needed to order contact lenses. and I've waited till the day before because I know I can. This is where our brains are now going, right, okay, well, we can process everything instantly and we can react instantly because of that. And that's where our emotional intelligence suffers because we're reacting to everything we're trying to process instantly. Seriously, in the business world, I can remember when I left school and went into businesses and you'd have contracts of agreements between people. And I'd be on a phone call and I'd say, right, so I'll send it over to you. 
the post will take a couple of days, then it'll go through your internal mail system, then it gets to you, then you'll sign it, then you'll get your MD to sign it, then you'll get it back to us. So hopefully, if I don't have this back in two weeks, I'll give you a call to chase it. And that was normal business. Yeah. And my dad used to go, things move so fast now. It's like, really? Nowadays, I can write out a contract, have it sent to you for an e-signature. And if you yeah. haven't done it in five minutes, I'm worried the deal's falling through. Yeah. What? Honestly, I look at my daughter and, you know, the next couple of generations and I think, what changes are going to happen for them? It's scary. Yeah, it really is. Right. On that point, I'm going to ask you that one question that, that I knew was annoying for you. Okay. What's the one nugget of information that you wish everyone that listens to this can walk away with to help them? Remember that everyone is a human being. Everyone you meet is just a person, whether you run into them at work and they're some stressed out, angry person trying to get you to do something instantly, or whether they're someone that you walk past in the street that, I don't know, maybe you think's giving you a dodgy look or something like that. Everyone is a human being just going about their lives, doing the best that they can with what they've got. Charlotte, I'm going to tell you my favouritest story from recent times now. I went into a hotel. The room had been booked for me already. I got to this hotel, got to reception. The person in front of me was a complete and utter, I won't use the words I want to use. They weren't very nice to the young lad on reception. And they walked away and still steam coming out their ears. I walked up to reception and went, hi, I'm Paul. Um, I've got a room booked here. And you can see this person was still angry from what had happened. And I went, now, considering I'm the client, do you want to just stand here and we can just chat for a minute? And give you a bit of time to get over what on earth just happened there and this guy just looked at me and he went thank you so much paul that's really nice and i went i think i possibly need a glass of water that you might want to get yourself one as well and he went no i'm all right i'm actually all right he goes yeah i'm fine now i said you sure and he was like yeah yeah i'm good i said look i'm running a bit early is there any chance my room's ready and he went tappity tap and he went no it's not the upgraded suite i've just given you is <laughs> this is it right is that good things come when they're supposed to and, you, and i wasn't after that it. at all no exactly exactly but you were authentic and that person felt it and it helped them so why wouldn't they want to do something to help you exactly and the fact that we just took a few seconds to go we're just people i don't know what's just gone on but i don't think that was deserved how about we just stop for a minute and and his face, you know, when somebody does that sigh, where they yeah. just go, it's like, okay, you good? Yeah, um, yeah. And he gave me a lovely upgrade, and it was really nice. I, I absolutely hats off to that guy. Right, Scarlett, can you please shout goodbye to everyone and and say your goodbyes for a moment? Bye, everyone. Ladies and gents, we're now going to go back to me and Jesse sat in the studio and we're going to be talking about Charlotte behind her back. She's never going to know what we've said unless she listens to the show and then, well, she can probably figure out where the office is. So I'm going to be nice. I'll make sure I'm nice. Ladies and gents, we're going back to the, to the studio. There you go. That was Charlotte. Right. I told you she was lovely. I told you she's awesome. She really does give her monkeys. And, and... Well, even putting her time out to come and do this. Yes. Which could help an unknown amount of people. She didn't care about how many people are listening. She doesn't care about who it helps, just as long as it goes out there and helps somebody. Yeah, really, really appreciated that. And yeah, as as Paul alluded to before, like I think this is the right month to be, because I think everybody's talking about mental health, especially in men, which I know we have quite a mixed audience, but... I think this is a really good time for uh, people to be talking about mental health. I think there's it's always a good time to be talking about it. It's it needs to go out for people to be more aware, be okay with talking about it. And I know Paul and I are both guilty of not always talking about it as much as we should. How dare you? I'm right there, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, amazing episode, and I thought. Charlotte came across really well. Um, yeah. A really, really important thing that she's doing as well. Right. On this one, um, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you watched the Beckham thing on Netflix? No. Right. So the Beckham series on Netflix all about uh, where they started out and where they've got to and how they got there and stuff. And 
I'm not into football at all. I don't watch football. I don't understand why men want to watch men running around a field in short shorts. I'd understand more if mostly women watch. Um, I believe the answer is yay sports. Well done. Yay shirt colour. Um, <laughs> but I, I just don't get it. But I started, I watched the, the Beckham thing. And there was a bit when it talked about uh, when he played for England and he did something silly and it got him a red card, got him sent off, lost the game, fell down on him. And literally the world's media went, went against him. Yeah, they did, yeah. And I they, remember it. I remember it really I, well. It was horrendous. And yeah. you start seeing it from his point of view. Because even back then, I didn't care. I just went, it's a stupid game. Why are you moaning so much? <laughs> um, but then it goes through it. And it went to some of his teammates and it went to other people that knew him and, and talking about it. And one of the other players went, hold on, you've got to understand something. This was in a time when mental health was not a thing. Yeah. Okay, we did. We were meant to man up yeah. all the time. We were out there playing for England. Man up, this is the pressure you're meant to be under. This is normal, put up with it. Yeah. And he was ripped to pieces. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that happening now? I know. And the thing is, is that somehow he got over that and then yeah. he came back and became the England captain. You he know. could have he could have spiralled down and gone. Yeah. I don't know how he didn't. Um, me and you get more pressure about things now than we ever have done in the past. Yes. Okay, because people... There's people out there who are telling us that we're a success in certain things. And there's still me and Jesse going, we kind of just hope we cover our bills. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. um, but I keep getting told we're a success. Yeah. Okay. If if this is what success is, I'm kind of having fun, so carry on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But seriously, mate, the pressure that me and you have both felt in the last few years, then when you fire up the last 18 months for both of us, the choices we've both made and gone through, yeah, that's been a massive boiling point. Yeah, oh yeah. And it could have gone either way with certain things. Yeah. So. And I still get people say to me, the, 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 right, the line that I absolutely hate, the line that I detest at the moment is, it's all right for you. Yeah, I think... What? I, th- I think, and you know, that's exactly what you were saying about the success there. I think it's mm. very easy, and I think anyone at, at anywhere, at, doesn't matter what level you're at, you could always have a look out there and see people either doing worse or better than you. Yeah. And you can then always judge yourself by that. But if you think that you're on a scale on the planet, you've basically got everybody's either above or below you somewhere. Nobody's exactly the same place with the same experience, doing the same thing. Yeah. With the same requirements and all the rest of it, I think that's. And I think there's. there's it's very a... di- very difficult to say. Oh, it's okay for you, or you're doing all right, or you're successful, whatever that means. It's all right for you. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> um, and I, I even think when you when you look at some people, um, I'm going to go with Bill Gates. Yeah. Okay. Financially successful. Yeah. 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 Right. But then gets ripped to pieces for deciding to help certain people mm. that are not in a great position. And he's decided, right, I'm going to help those people and I'm going to concentrate on that. Yeah. And then gets ripped to pieces by people that don't even know him. Yeah. Um, and, and this one, this one made me laugh. Um, so my daughter and I are fans of Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yes. Okay. Like them as a couple, like them as people from what we know of them. Tom Holland was doing an interview and and the the interviewer said, "How do you deal with these people that you know try and bring you down, try and talk you down, try and?" And he said, "It's easy. If they've got a problem with me, call me on the mobile, and I'll talk it through with them. Yeah. If they don't have my mobile number, they don't know me well enough to have a problem with me. Yeah. And I was like, from a kid, like, <laughs> I, I, I know he's not a kid, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like twenty years older than him or something. From from what I term as a kid, I thought that was brilliant." Because if they're not that close to you, why do they matter? Yeah. I think I think that some people of that generation, and I'm not going to say all because I think that's a very unfair sweeping statement, but I think a lot of people of that generation that are so used to social media, the internet, it's very. I, I find it very interesting how they handle it all very differently to like, yeah. idiots like that, us who are trying to, you know, 
people of you know 30 plus mm. who have not grown up with all of this per se but are having to deal with it all yeah it's very different you know i see so many yeah i, I have a lot of you know late teens early 20s people around me especially from through things like the music photography and stuff like that and um and yeah i think in reality um it's they they just they've grown up with it with a better and a different understanding of it uh, than we have and treat it differently so if, it's amazing how tom holland has said something like that so insightful as a young person yeah. but actually i think it's easier when that's all you've known whereas yeah. i think people of like sort of our generations and older struggle a lot more with that sort of thing and it's funny isn't it because me and you have in the last six months had to put things in place that almost become barriers yeah from people who don't know us yeah to be able to affect us um and that that upsets me, but it's also the right move. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I think that's what I'm saying. Like, it's we think of young people as being much more users of social media, but I would say they consume it more than they post their own content. Yeah. Um, unless they're trying to be content creators per se, I I think all the people that I know under about twenty three don't generally post pictures of themselves online. You know, they don't do all of that sort of stuff. They're a lot more careful about... So many people that I know that are in that lower age bracket might have three or four pictures on their Instagram. Yep. Um, or none. And then... When, right, so getting back to Charlotte's talk about people and understanding, and her nugget was brilliant, and we'll yeah. cover that in a bit. But when we were talking about emotional intelligence, yeah, the company that I used to work for that taught companies how to use emotional intelligence... I can remember one of my colleagues, and I love this guy to bits, okay? He, he's brilliant. He, he's so funny. It's unbelievable. Um, but he saw his empathy score was at 3% out of 100. And right. he said, well, that's an oversupply. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever worked with. But he was an absolute genius at being a chameleon and being whatever the other person needed. Right. So if he was in front of me and we were having a rough day and getting aggravated and getting annoyed, the ridiculous comedy banter would just come out. And that was one of the times it came out. Right. And I was just wetting myself laughing. Right. Because I know how clever he is, and I know he can he can switch into whatever he needed to. Yeah. So Which is interesting for someone, at that who, time. someone with low empathy score. Yeah. Yeah. But this is... Uh, right, so this is another argument that's for a completely different time and probably with a psychologist. <laughs> But when you look at somebody's profile, if you're talking disc and you look at their profile and you just go, let's say they're a highly dominant profile. Right. Okay. If you then say, have they got high intelligence? Yeah. Because that doesn't show up in the profile. Right. Right. If you do some other assessment and you find they've got really high intelligence, then that dominant profile can use the high intelligence to understand the people and get whatever the people want to make himself or herself move forward. Right. Because that's what the dominant person wants. Right. Now think about the same with a low intelligence dominant profile. Yeah. You've now got a bull in a china shop. Yeah. I just want to get forward and I don't care about anyone else. Yeah. That's a massive difference, which is why when people are saying, oh, we're profiling all of our guys and we're not doing anything else, I'm like, oh, my word, no. <laughs> this is going to go bad. But yeah, I nearly said his name then. He, he massive high intelligence. Yeah. Knew himself inside out. Yeah. Figured out the people around him inside out and knew how to change his behavior for each of them. Right. Honestly, you would meet somebody who was an S profile. Uh, sorry, S is all about steadiness and, and niceness and looking after people and making a nice little bubble of a world that's comfy and loved. Um, you'd have people who are high in S that would think that he was also an S profile. Right. But he was the most polar opposite. It was unbelievable. Right. But yeah, so... Oh, that's going too in-depth. Sorry. <laughs> I prefer it when I just act thick. It's easier. <laughs> Um, to, right, so we've had loads happening in the last week. We should cover Charlotte's um, nugget. Yeah. I think it's really, really important, actually. It was a beautiful nugget. Now, yeah. I wrote it down in my own little way, and you might remember it better than me. But it was basically along the lines of everyone's a human being. They're trying to get to their end goal in the best way they can. 
as long as you can understand that and let them do the things they need to do while you're still doing what you need to do, the world could be a much better place. Yeah. Um, it's true. If if any of you have met Mrs. Pauly out there, she is so different to me, it's unbelievable. Mm. But as a team, we work together really well. So just, just kind of, you know, when that other person does something stupid in the car that annoys you... <laughs> We've both had that in the last day. Um, <laughs> just, just kind of remember to go. Eh, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's funny actually. It's it's a real interesting one because uh, I mean I've talked about it before on on the show, probably months back now. But about the sort of empathy journey that I went on over sort of before and during the lockdown, mm. and. For me, like generally, for things that affect me directly, it's quite difficult. But I think, and that's, I think that partly comes into my own personality and things that I work on. But the other side of that is where people are being different to how you would like. Yeah. I think it brings a lot of peace and understanding that. Like having that empathy there to really understand that that's it's not necessarily because someone's a bad person or because you know that that even that they're they're particularly wrong or anything like that you know you, every, everybody talk well I say a lot of people talk about um, you know like how like binary the conversations are these days you're right yeah. or you're wrong in all of these and like the shades of nuance and gray in there are, are, are lost but actually i think with empathy you start empathy helps bring those shades of gray back in a little bit for me and i yeah. think they that it's it can be it can be quite difficult when you're being empathetic and you just want to be angry at someone but actually it's um overall i think it's quite a positive thing yeah there, there are times that me and Jesse have both really wanted to burn the world down with certain subjects. Yes. Um, but thankfully, we can talk quite well. I think, yeah, I think if nothing else, it's helped me behave better. And you come out the other end of... Not the way... You, <laughs> not necessarily the way you'd want me to behave on occasion, but I think... As a rule, like having the empathy and understanding of the world around and all the rest of it, it's not the same as making excuses for people, and I've had to learn that. Um, but actually having the empathy to understand is... I I know it's helped me make the right decisions on certain things Yeah. over, over the time, even if it's not the easiest decision all the time. Uh, so the post you put out. Um, one of my friends sent a really lovely message to you through me. Yeah. Really nice. And then later on he said, Paul, you've changed, dude. And I said, what do you mean? And he went, not long ago, you'd have just pulled a pin, thrown a grenade. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's right. But the, the fact is, it was more about you than me. And that's what mattered, how you felt. Mm. Um, so I had to, you know, pull the grenades away. <laughs> and I back off a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you've not seen it, I'll make sure that I'll add it to, I know I've shared it to the Facebook page for Newton's Nuggets, but yeah. I'll I'll share it to the Instagram stories um, yeah. for the couple of days during and after this show comes out. Um, but yeah, I was, I'm glad it's had a good reception because you can yeah. go one way or the other with these with mental health type stuff yeah. sometimes. Yeah. If you didn't get it right, I did get it checked by a number of people before I posted it. Hold on, I mean, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm really glad. I hope it helps some people. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, go and look at Facebook and Instagram for Newton's Nuggets. If you're not already, give it a follow. Give the show a follow and a subscribe or whatever. It's all free. Um, but yeah, just go and have a look because. Um, and sh feel free to share it as well, because one of the nicest things for me after sharing the post about all of that was randomly then just sitting on Instagram, because I, I tend to look at stories on Instagram more than posts, and just going through and every now and again seeing somebody that I don't even know that well necessarily having shared my posts, their stories yeah. and things. It's, it's nice that it's helped 
And but it's weird now, isn't it? And, and me and you have talked about this a lot this last week. We both get stuff shared and commented on by people we've never met. Yeah. And the reality is, the more that happens, the more we help, the the stronger we become. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. We'll keep making a difference for a while. But this <laughs> podcast, mate, it'll never go past three months, so we might as well... <laughs> <laughs> that is what we thought. Yeah, it is. Um, well, uh, are we done? Yeah, thanks, Charlotte. It was a really cool episode. Really good timing, actually, for us. It really was. Um, so, yeah. Really good time to bring the show out when people are talking about mental health more. Yeah. Um, I think that... I, I Honestly, I think we should stop worrying about which sex is talking about mental health. Yeah, I think... I think this is a... All human beings, let's try and cover each other's backsides a bit more yeah. conversation. And if you can't talk to your close friends, find someone else. Find someone like us. We can put you in touch with some of the man's clubs that we've met. We can put you in touch with Samaritans that we know of. We can put you in touch with other groups that will help you no matter where you are in the world. Okay? I can point you in the direction of counselling. I'll be honest, that's been a massive part of my life recently. But it's, it's, it's like I didn't even need it for that long, but it, the difference it made was really, really big for me. I'll be honest, mate, it was a visible difference. Yeah. Um, and when you said you were going to it, I was so proud of you for making that choice. Because, as you know, I had to go through counselling once quite a while ago now. Yeah. And it just made me realise that I wasn't the scumbag in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. Your friends will say the nice things to you. They'll say that you're doing everything right. And it's very... Go, really? Do you know what? I think some, that's exactly it. I think sometimes it's harder from people who care about you because obviously they're going to say nice things. Yeah. And having somebody to look at you objectively from a professional standpoint and say that, I think I think that, that made quite a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, we've and done all right, mate. However, I will say this from recent experience. If you see your counsellor outside of the context <laughs> of counselling, bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just pretend you bumped into them at Asda. That's, sure, that's yeah. That's the better way to walk away from this. Right, on that, ladies and gents, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for all the support you give this show. You have no idea how much it means to us. Um, very soon, we're going to be bringing back things like sponsorship. We're going to be bringing back things like that because it does help us keep the lights on in the studio. Yeah. Um, you guys are awesome. Like he said a minute ago, click the share button, click the like button, click the whatever it is on the platform you're listening to us or watching us on. Just do the thumbs up type thing. Okay? Really, really, really helps us. Yeah. We will see you next week for another thrilling installment of Newton's Nuggets. Glad you got ready for that because I didn't have a breath. <laughs> no.